Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. This morning, I'm so excited uh, as we have started this new series, um, uh, He Careth for Us. But before I go there, I want to take this time to wish all the mothers in the house, all the grandmothers in the house, all the women here, and every girl child here. We thank God, we celebrate you all for who you are, even though they call it Mother's Day. I have always said in the past also, it is not just for mothers and grandmothers alone, but for every woman here, it's a, it's a day we celebrate you. and We thank God for you. Because of you, our lives are more brighter, our lives are more happy, so we thank God for each one of you. God bless you for who you are, and we pray God's abundant grace and mercy to be with you all, amen? With that being said, um, I want to take your attention this morning to a scripture passage that I spoke in this church 15 years ago when I, was, I became the pastor. And the first Sunday that I got to preach in this church, I chose this passage. So after 15 years, I'm coming back to that passage. I never preached from that passage previously. After that one Sunday, some of you who were here could probably recollect if you were here 15 years ago, you could recollect. But the message is entirely different. So but the passage is the same. Come with me this morning, church, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. I'm going to share with you the story of a mother who lost her only son, being raised to life by the only Son of God. Amen. Luke, chapter 7 was 11 to 17. This is a story that you find only in the Gospel of Luke. So special to Luke alone. Many miracles Jesus did, isn't it? We know. Many miracles he did. He did nature miracles. He walked on the water. He fed the 5,000. He healed those who were oppressed with demonic oppressions. Jesus healed them. He had the power to heal them. He healed those who were leprous. He also raised three people from death. And this is one of those stories where we find Jesus raising a young man, a young man. Gospel of Luke chapter 7 verse 11 to 17. Let me read that scripture passage. Soon afterward he went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier. Beer, buyer, I don't know, how do you pronounce it? How do you uh, spell it, uh, pronounce it? And the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all and they got 
glorified God saying, a great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread to the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. I want to thank God for Pastor Linson who faithfully preached the last four weeks. Uh, I was supposed to speak last two Sundays in a row. He took the responsibility of speaking and so I told him the month of June and July, I will let you go. You don't have to speak. Uh, you can take uh, the freedom of not having to preach in the month of June and July. Had there been a Capernaum news, had there been um, Nazareth times, the headline would have been a young Jewish rabbi raised a young man. A young Jewish rabbi raised a young man. The headline would have said something along this line. Jesus, the rabbi, raised a young man. What a great profound impact this story had on the region. The whole of Judea and all of the surrounding country, they heard this miracle that Jesus did. Jesus did. Beautiful story, isn't it? The Gospel of Luke builds uh, from chapter 4 onwards, builds several stories that we find of Jesus' healing. Chapter 4 is the first time that you find Jesus heals a man with an unclean demon. And this all happened in a Sabbath day in, in the city of Capernaum. Then Jesus healed many. We, are not, we don't know the numbers, how many he healed. Come to chapter 5, he, he, he cleansed the leper. And again in chapter 5, he healed a paralytic man. Chapter 6, he healed a man with a withered hand. Chapter 7, he healed a centurion's servant. The second healing that you find in Gospel of Luke chapter 7 is the healing of the widow or the raising of the widow's son, which is, if you take the number, this is the seventh healing recorded in Gospel of Luke from chapter 4 onwards. Allow me this morning to share with you very quickly some of the thoughts that the Holy Spirit just impressed upon me, especially as we are building this theme, He careth for us. He careth for us. First and foremost, Jesus brings hope to desperate situation. Jesus brings hope to desperate situation. Secondly, not only Jesus brings hope to desperate situation, Jesus also brings release from oppressive forces. He brings release from oppressive forces. Thirdly, Jesus brings the visitation of God near. Jesus brings the visitation of God near. What do I mean by when I say Jesus brings hope to desperate situation? If you read this chapter and especially this story, when you read, you find that Jesus brings hope in this situation. He brings hope by two ways. Number one, by his awesome compassion. And number two, by his awesome power. By his awesome compassion and by his awesome power, he brings hope in this situation. What do I mean by his awesome compassion? You find that Jesus is moved with compassion in this story for his children. If you and I are afflicted and hurting, can I tell you church, Jesus hurts with us. If you and I are hurting this morning, Jesus hurts with us. Number two, he's also giving his awesome power on display here. He displays his awesome power. 
This is what he wants to let you and me know. That he is willing to minister to us in our deepest needs. He's willing to minister to us in our deepest needs. And all he needs, all he needs for us to understand is for him to say, Arise. In the Bagal Kalam, Avishi Mitramayulu, Avan on the Kalpichalmadi, Edenil Kuga. Amen. In the Bagal Kalamadana, Nametane, Onil Pichurtal, Namrajiva Tanapradisan did a Matitil, Avan Parayuan, Vishosana, rise up. He is faithful to say, rise up in the middle of your situation. Whether you're going through the deepest darkness of depression, or you're going through deep pain in your body right now. Or you're going through uncertainties that you are. And you may be looking at the reports that the doctors have given. And you don't find any hope. Can I tell you something, church? That he is faithful to say, arise in the middle of your situation. Amen. What is his awesome compassion? What is his awesome compassion? He went to a town called Nain. About 25 miles south of Kephanahum. A day's journey. A day's journey. He goes there. We find... Nine was not a very big city, not a huge city, but it had a city gate. And Jesus approaches the city gate. As he drew near, he saw that there is a funeral procession that is coming out of the city gate. And there could be, it was professional. It was very professional even in that time for Jewish uh, uh, funeral processions to have people who were hired. They could be flute players. They may be those who are wailing loudly. But most importantly, Jesus' eyes fell on this mother. On this mother. And the Bible says that he had compassion on her when he saw her. Church, this morning, this is what it means to be vulnerable in the presence of God. For her to be seen by Jesus and to be identified that she is a mother, what would have been going on? Probably, I'm thinking in my imagination, she was wailing. Probably she was in tears. Probably she's surrounded by this huge crowd of people who are wailing and crying. And there are flute players and everything is there. But no one can see her heart like the master could see her heart. Because the Bible says that she was a widow. This is the second burial that she has, she has participated in. She might have buried her husband a few years ago. She became a widow. And now her only son... Her only son, who could have been the provider and the protector of her, he is no more. She understands that I am surrounded by a great crowd of people, but they all will be there. They will take me to the sepulcher. They will take me to the tombstone. And after the graveyard, everyone leave to their house. I will be all alone. Broken woman going through the grief of her son who has died. Her son, who could have been her protector and the provider. Jesus sees her. It is okay to be vulnerable in his presence, church. It is okay to be vulnerable before him. It is okay to be vulnerable before his people. Why? Because there is compassion that flows when you and I are willing to be vulnerable. You heard the testimony from Feva. She was willing to be vulnerable with her story because in that story, she found people who came and said, we are with you in this journey we will support you through prayer. We will comfort you. Church, when our folks go through mental health, 
that's the time when they are looking for support system. That's the time they're looking, they're falling on their family. And that's the time the family needs to rally and be there with them. Not just the, the blood relatives alone, but that's where when the church as a body of Christ needs to rise up and say, we own this, we are with you in your deep and darkest moments of your life. That's not the time when we ostracize them. That's not the time when we shun them. That's not the time we keep them aside. No, that's the time we go and we wrap them. We say, we are standing with you. In the most vulnerable moments of their life, Jesus can show compassion today through the body of Christ. That is you and me. That is not the time to find fault with anyone. That's the time to say, Lord, we don't know what they're going through, but we are with them in this, in this deep, dark moment. He had compassion towards her. Jesus' compassion is not, you know, he's not unusual for him to show compassion. Jesus showed the same kind of a compassion in moments like this. In Gospel of John chapter 11, when he was near the tomb of Lazarus, he had the same kind of compassion. And in that compassion, his body reacted. His body reacted. And then tears started flowing from his eyes. Tears were not signs of weakness for Jesus. But tears were signs to show that he felt compassion. He felt compassion. He feels for it. It was not the crowd of people who are sympathetic towards her. But this is a man who is empathetic towards her. Showing the deep empathy. That's what is needed. That's what is needed. His emotional feelings gave way to his tears. That's tomb. I don't know. Even in this moment, he, he cried. I have no idea. Luke doesn't mention it. But I deeply understand that this is a feeling that is coming from his gut feeling. And his mood, his mood with compassion. This morning church, can I tell you, this is a good news that I want to share with you. Jesus' heart is big enough for your sorrow and my sorrow. He has a big heart for your pain and my pain. He has a big heart for your darkness and my darkness. His compassion, his empathy is real compassion. His empathy is real. Amen. His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every day. They are new every day. Church, can I tell you, if you're going through a situation like that, as we were singing the song, you know, I just started recollecting and remembering all those people, not just in church alone, but others who have shared with us who are going through situations. And I said, Lord, I speak the name of Jesus over every one of them right now, right here. They may be far away from us. Hallelujah. They could be even in India, but it doesn't matter. I can bless them in the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is healing and victory and power and salvation. Our hurt can sometimes leave us speechless. Our pain may have left us numb sometimes. Our darkness may have left us down sometimes. Sometimes we are not even able to articulate properly. I don't know how much words this mother was able to speak, but words were not necessary for Jesus. He saw her. He saw her. You know, as you read the narrative, this is the first time that Luke mentions the Lord. Verse 13, that's what he says. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Luke just, Luke just uses an altogether different title for Jesus. He didn't say, when Jesus saw her, had compassion. He says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. The Old Testament word is Adonai, the one who is sovereign over us, the one who controls 
everything in our life. The one who is master over everything. The one who can change everything. He sees, he sees everything. Jesus shows his compassion. Church, you know, this is, this is so beautiful. When you read the story, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the context of stoicism, which was very strong in the first century, where God's, God cannot have feelings. God is bereft of feelings. There is apathy, you know, for, for divine beings. Jesus gives you and me a totally different counterculture of the gospel. ാണ് This morning church, even if you don't take anything else from the sermon, you take this message with you and me, that my Jesus has compassion, and that's the gospel message this morning. That he has compassion. Hallelujah. What does he say? He does not just move with compassion. He goes and speaks to her and says, do not weep. Your weeping days are over. Church, this morning, that's the gospel message for some of us. Your weeping days are over. Do not weep anymore over this situation because I have seen your pain. Hallelujah. Stop being anxious anymore. Stop being wounded anymore. Stop being in pain anymore. Stop being in agony anymore because I am here. Your Lord is here. Your Lord is here. His compassion didn't stop there by just saying to her, do not weep. His compassion moved one step further. He went and went ahead and he touched the coffin, the beer, an open casket kind of a thing where they're taking the dead body. If you read the book of Numbers, chapter 19, verse 11 onwards, you begin to see for the, for the Jewish people, if you touch a dead body, you're unclean for seven days. On the third day, you must take bath. And the seventh day, you must bathe yourself. If you don't bathe yourself on the third day and the seventh day, you're still unclean. Jesus' compassion is so much that he's willing to be undefiled for this dead body, for this mother. He didn't care that for the next seven days, he would be unclean. He didn't bother him. But this is the Lord wanting to do. His compassion is not just merely spoken in verbalized but he goes near the dead body and he puts his hand right there and there is perfect pin drop silence pin drop silence there i would have seen in my imagination something like this this is where his awesome power is about to be released his awesome power is about to be released the flute players would have stopped what is happening the wailers would have stopped what is happening everyone's eyes is upon the dead man everyone's eyes is upon jesus because he is touching the dead body the young jewish rabbi would not care for his dignity but he is willing to show his compassion one step further by going near the dead body and touching and then he unleashes his awesome power unleashes his awesome power what does he do he says i say to you young man arise i say to you young man arise 
You know, oftentimes when you read this, the miracle stories of Jesus, especially the gospel narratives, there were times when Jesus would touch someone. There were times when he would make a mud uh, paste and he would put on your eyes. Sometimes Jesus would say to them, go and wash yourself. Sometimes Jesus would touch the leper and heal them. But this is a story, especially in all the miracle stories when he's raising somebody from the dead. He's just speaking the word. He's speaking the word. He spoke to the 12-year-old Jairus' daughter, Talitha Kumi, rise up young girl. He's speaking to this young man, rise up. He comes to the sepulcher of Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come out. The same word that created everything out of nothingness in the beginning is able to create and bring back life to this dead man right here, right now. The gospel power, the gospel on display right here. Amen. Church, this is what Jesus does even today. He brings hope to every hopeless situation. And he's willing to even say to you and to me this morning, no matter how desperate the situation looks, he's willing to say, arise this morning. Do we have faith enough? Do we have faith enough and trust enough in Jesus and his words? In the book of Kalamai, Eishul Vishwasipanam, Avande Vajanathil Asraipan, Namak Kadimo, that's more than enough for me for him to speak to my situation it could be at your workplace it could be in your house it doesn't matter you may be going through a mental challenge it doesn't matter you could be going through a physical challenge right now it doesn't matter a financial burden too big for you and you may be wondering will we ever come out of this no, it doesn't matter all he needs to say is arise from this situation can I tell you, church, Jesus brings release from oppressive forces. Hallelujah. Whatever, whatever, whatever is displayed here right now is nothing else but the display of the glory of God, the display of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because in chapter Luke chapter 4, you read, he says, I've been anointed for this thing. I've been anointed for this thing. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me for what? The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has anointed me to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Luke is so beautifully portrays throughout his chapter 1 onwards the work of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. From chapter 1 onwards, he builds. He builds. John the Baptist, born to the Holy Spirit. John the, Jesus himself, born to the Holy Spirit. He's building the narrative, preparing them. And then when Jesus comes, he's baptized. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is taking him into the wilderness. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit. He comes back to Capernaum. He has given the scroll of Isaiah to read. He opens the scroll and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. What was the oppression for this dear mother that morning? The oppression of death the oppressive force of death and that has been one of the greatest fear for all of mankind from the time of Adam isn't it? Death Am I right? This morning church the good news is this he releases Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit he is faithful to relieve us of every oppressive forces even the fear of death this morning hallelujah that may be the highest force that they be out there just trying to compel you will I be able to survive or it could be any fear what about my future what about my children will I get a good husband will I get a good spouse will I get a good job after my studies all kinds of fears this morning church there is there is good news Jesus does the same we often sing a song in church we have sung 
darkness trembles at your name demonic forces trembles at your name and that's why sometimes you know it doesn't matter for us as a church also sometimes to declare the name of Jesus because his name itself is power and healing and victory amen sometimes all we need is to declare the name of Jesus the holy name of Jesus because that's what the, the angel of the Lord said give his name Jesus because he will save his people he will save them from the sin, but at the same time, He will save them from every oppressive forces out there. Signs and wonders through the power of the Holy Spirit. But more than that, as I conclude here, verse 16 and 17 reminds us in Luke chapter 7, the people began to say something, a great prophet has arise, arisen among us. Bible historians say that what happened in, in the city of Nine was very pretty close to where Elijah and Elisha both raised dead young men. So people suddenly started making similarities. They suddenly started making comparison. A great prophet like Elijah and Elisha has arisen among us. He has come. But more than that, they said, God has visited his people. In Jesus, God brings his visitation near to his people. In the Old Testament, if you think about the God's visitation in the Old Testament, there have been two things that the visitation comes. Sometimes God brings visitation to, to punish his people, to discipline his people. But the other visitation is to bring his favor. His favor. And here the people are saying, God has visited his people. This morning, that is the revelation that has been given to us, church, that He careth for us. And in Him, you and I can see and experience for ourselves a visitation of God for our lives. Shall we close our eyes? Shall we rise to our feet this morning, church? The kingdom of God is calling us this morning to look at Jesus. The miracle of the raising of the widow's son, once again, reminds the people that God is visiting his people. What is this story telling you and me? This story is simply giving us hope, strength for today and hope for tomorrow. That in Jesus, in Jesus, Jesus, God brings hope to us in our desperate situation. In and through Jesus, God releases us from oppressive forces. Whether that be oppressive force of death itself, he releases in Jesus, God is bringing His power and His presence and His promises close to us to bring us a visitation from God, to bring the acceptable year of the Lord, to bring favor of God upon our life. Church, can we reach out? Can we reach out to Jesus and can we say, Lord, I want to taste you once more. I know that you careth for me. I know that you careth for me, Lord. And I want you to speak into my situation. Arise this morning, no matter what it seems to be, Lord. No matter how deep the darkness is, this morning, even as we declare your name right now, you speak the word, Lord. It is enough. It is enough. Let that young man arise. Let that young woman arise. Let that dad and mom arise. Let this dead situation arise, O oh God. The situation that has gone, and we may be thinking there is no return. Things cannot come back. Things cannot be normal again. We speak right now, Lord. We speak right now in the name of Jesus right now. 
Arise, arise, arise. Kartave, Yeshuvina Namatil. We speak, O God. We speak healing over broken relationships right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want to experience your hand. Teach us once again, Lord. Teach us once again that you careth for us. Allow us to worship you and magnify you and to declare you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.